Check one, two. Check, check, check. Okay, now it's showing up. That was weird. I guess we can go ahead and start. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we can sit here silently and listen to the cat crunch. Right? We can sit. Welcome sit to 151, guys. It's a palindrome. It's a palindrome episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gabe seemed awfully upset that he couldn't be here. Didn't he? No. Text message yesterday. Not sure upset. I mean, it's not like he like started adding exclamation points. Yeah, to fair it. enough. <laughs> fair enough. I'll give you that. But uh, so yeah, I'm tired. I can tell. <laughs> Why? <laughs> there. Last week, I bought some cat litter. And the brand I normally get was sold out, so I bought something else that w- was meant to be the same type of cat litter I get, which is like the, the the natural wood chip bullshit that doesn't smell like cat litter, but it still works like it. And so I bought it, and I come home, I open it up, and it's like gray powder litter, and you're kind of like, what the fuck? But Like cat litter. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, it's almost actually finer than cat litter. But anyway, hmm. um, but he was out, so you know, I used it. And that caused the whole thing, because he, 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 apparently, I'm pretty sure he peed in that little corner thing right behind you. Lovely. Because, um, the next day, I was sitting on the couch, and he started to do his little litter, um, um, habit, where he scratches the wall and picks up the, the floor and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what the fuck you doing? <laughs> and then I go over there, and I'm like, yeah, he did, so I cleaned it. And then I had like I had to break out the extra box, put it over there to try and deter him, or to at least get him to use a box. Yeah. And so that was how the weekend went. Yesterday I, I went to the store again and I found the regular litter that I normally use. So I come back. I, he started to use that, so I emptied it out completely, and I put in the stuff he normally uses. Apparently, he's still not on board for some reason. He uses it, he poops in it, some reason it won't pee. And so last night, I kept on waking up every once in a while. Whenever I heard him, like, make a noise... To make sure he wasn't going to the bathroom? Yeah, I had to get get up and check to make sure that he didn't go anywhere. Like, I would hear him... He was probably picking out the chairs, because those are... Like, that one has become his scratching post, if you look at the bottom of it. (laughs) But, uh, so yeah, I, I was up a lot last night. That sucks. Didn't get a lot of sleep. Yeah. Fucking cat. <sighs> Alright, I'm gonna hit the music. <laughs> Did that? Hmm. All right then. So what have you guys been up to? Um. Well, um, well it's been <laughs> it's been two weeks since we recorded. Yeah. Uh, since then I've watched Birdman and Whiplash. 
Um, the Oscars happened. I watched those. I didn't watch those. I didn't watch them either. Oh. <laughs> okay. I decided to do something else in my time. <laughs> the Patrick Harris was enjoyable. I liked Neil Patrick Harris. See, uh, you're the first person I've heard to actually say they liked the Oscars. Everybody else I've heard talk about it or, 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 or read about it afterwards. Nobody. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't get the. I don't get the people not liking him. I liked him. Shrug. Yeah. Um, of course that happened with last year too wasn't it last year no the year before with who with uh uh Ted oh Seth MacFarlane yeah Seth MacFarlane that one was alright yeah nobody liked him and we still enjoyed it <laughs> um what else did I do what else um I've edited a shit ton of videos for our YouTube page check those out listeners please please <laughs> at youtube.com slash David West kind of epic show because for some reason I couldn't get rid of my name on it uh-huh. for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it kind of frustrated me. Because <laughs> they were like, yeah, guys, you can have, now have custom URLs as long as your name's at the beginning. Mm. I was like, oh, well, shit. Oh, well. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. How about you, Drew? My life's empty, so that's <laughs> this is going to be a super short episode, guys. <laughs> Well, yeah, you told me we were going to talk about the Oscars. I thought we were. Well, I mean, the Oscars... They happened. Yeah. There, nothing, thanks, for, thanks for listening. <laughs> nothing uh, surprising like one. No, I mean, I probably wouldn't have picked Birdman for the best picture. I mean, it, it was interesting. I, I, I could see, like, maybe, you know, best director and uh, cinematography because, you know, it was kind of cool to do, like, you know, the one-take approach. But, you know, mm. it didn't say anything that interesting. And I, I didn't agree with it, you know... Some of its, you know, uh, points. Uh, I'm not sure if we're meant to buy them about, like, you know, uh, like, you know, oh, you know, critics are full of shit. Just they haven't done it, so why can they criticize? I mean, that's a bu- that's a lot of malarkey because you you can you can uh, do training uh, and have knowledge for the workings of something like that. I mean, you know. Well, yeah, it's just that I think in that particular instance, that particular critic was that's new. I know, right? It <laughs> was kind of like a straw man <laughs> argument. I thought like. Uh, yeah, well, like a. I don't think Birdman had the, the, anything that interesting to say, but I I thought it was a fun. It was a, it's an enjoyable movie. It's kind of fun. I mean, you, you know, there's kind of something. You know, do you wonder, you know, uh, when he shoots himself, uh, does this all really happen, or is this like his uh, death fantasy? Uh? I, I, a coworker had an interesting thought. Like the the whole like Emma Stone looking up at the sky mm-hmm. after supposedly her father jumps out the window or something. Like he 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 wonders if. Like, maybe the point of view of that movie shifted at that moment, and so we're sort of in her reality, and that it's what she's seeing. Sort of like in the same manner that we were seeing a bunch of stuff that nobody else has seen with Michael Keaton. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe it was at that point we were almost seeing something that she was seeing, so we weren't actually seeing it. Hmm. We just saw a reaction to it. I don't know. He was trying to come up with a way, because the ending to that is a little... Open? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm alright with that. I'm glad it was open. Leaves it up to the viewer. I have viewer. some sort of story logic issues behind the idea of that because it contradicts itself a few times. Because I mean, like you know, you like when you when, when you first see him like floating, and then like you know when he's destroying shit, shit with his mind, you know, uh, you almost, you can almost be read as like, okay, you know, this is how he's perceiving it being done, mm-hmm. but he's actually throwing the shit because. And then, then he kind of, uh, kind of, you know, lets you in on that. Perhaps like uh, when he thinks he flies uh, to the theater, you know, it's, he was in the cab. Yeah, 
And maybe he wasn't. Maybe he did fly to the theater. Well, that's the thing is that it it it, it, it shows all of that, but it pretty much says that this is all in his mind. There are several statements about that. So at the end, when Emma Stone's like instead of looking down, yeah. she's looking up, and you're kind of like, well, you've already established. Like, you didn't leave any doubt until this very moment, and it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's like the, 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 I don't know, the end of Inception, where it's got the top thing, Which, but, uh, but the top thing actually works. No, it didn't. No, I hated that. Well, the, the I hate. <laughs> I, I I was not that big of a fan of Inception. So, well, the top like uh, the top was his wife's uh, totem thing. His thing was his wedding ring that would tell him if he was wearing it uh, or not. Mm. Tell him. Uh, that's what I've read. But uh, uh, I read an article in the New York Times about uh, Birdman that talked about uh, like you know maybe like uh, like the, the thematic thing about like you know how he wants to be taken as a serious actor. I mean, you don't see like you know Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Hiddleston, you know batting eye about, you know, wearing tights and stuff like that. You know, they these guys, a lot of them are hands. They want to do, uh, like, you know, the, they want to be in front of the most eyeballs, as much, be in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't I like the whole commentary on, like, superhero movies and big-budget movies in general, I... I laughed because a lot of it is pretty funny. Like at the beginning when they're going through a list of actors trying to find somebody mm-hmm. to act opposite. Yeah. It's kind of like they're all in fucking superhero <laughs> movie. Um, <laughs> but it's funny. It's just like I, I, I almost don't want to like take it too seriously. Yeah, that, that's what I, that's, yeah. What, that's what I almost feel like. You know, like uh, how are serious we're supposed to? Take? I mean, because yeah, the tone of the movie is not it's not that serious. I mean, it's pretty uh, relatively lighthearted. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. okay, then you know, there's moments of darkness and shit like that, but. Uh, Um, I just think it's kind of the the whole uh, you know like uh, that you know you have to do like uh, serious films like you want to be taken seriously. It's it almost feels like and then like you know it almost feels like uh, the reason one like it was almost a little Oscar baby but not when you know like maybe the Academy's like oh yeah the they show that critic uh, you know she's critical of our our lifestyle so you know the and you know Hollywood tends to rally around those types of films sometimes or you know. Uh, like, you know, Oscar bait type films like The Theory of Everything or like, oh, look at this uh, able-bodied person playing uh, somebody who's disabled. Uh, how courageous Except you didn't to... go full retard. <laughs> how courageous for them to play this. It's just, it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, the Oscars are a lot like the Grammys. I mean, nothing uh, that's probably going to be important or last long when the, like, you know, win the biggest prize. I mean, that's it. I mean, there are films that, you know, were great that won the best picture, but, you know, oftentimes the ones that are more important maybe, you know, were nominated or didn't get nominated and... You know, down the road, uh, you know, those are the ones that will be not remembered. Like, uh, I think in it, the uh, ninety nineteen ninety Oscars, uh, like uh, Spike Lee's "Do the Right Thing." Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. it was either. It was either no- nominated or wasn't nominated. But "Driving Miss Daisy" won, and uh, which film was considered more important? Uh, yeah, there's been a couple of instances like that. Yeah, Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, I'm say Private Ryan. Ryan and, and I just I didn't realize there was some movie that Crash. People- Oh, fuck over Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> uh, but there was a... I forget what it was. Some movie beat Apollo 13 for Best Picture. It was like they were... Um, like, up to the Oscars, they were using that as, a, as an example. is the only time that's ever happened. Like, Apollo 13 won, like, Best Picture with, like, the Director's Guild, Writer's Guild, so on and so forth. And then the Oscars, something else won. Something else beat it that came out of nowhere. Which surprised me. Because right away, it was like, Apollo 13 would have made a lot of sense. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's how uh, Tom Hanks uh, reacted to Apollo 13 uh, not winning Best Picture. What? Houston, we have a problem. God damn it. He knew that was coming. <laughs> um, but, but, I, but I feel like... Uh, oh, Braveheart won. Oh, okay. Braveheart. Braveheart's a wonderful film, though. Yeah. I, I like Braveheart. Yeah, so... That's, okay. that's a hard... That was hard competition. Yeah, but it was just weird because, like, it, the, the, the whole pattern behind a movie, like, winning all the Guild mm-hmm. Awards first broke uh, for that one in particular. Um, yeah, Braveheart is good. But, you know, at the same time, like, I, I don't particularly agree, or at least, like, if you look back at the history of the Oscars, they, they do tend to actually pick, every once in a while, they do a good job of picking the movie that was actually, like, the big movie of the year. Mm. Like uh, um, like Lord of the Rings or something. Well, uh, only Return of the King won. Well, yeah, but the other ones were nominated. The others were nominated. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird to think about, but kind of cool. <laughs> but uh, And then uh, Return of the King went home with, what, 18? Uh, 13, I think, or 11, 11 or 13, I think. Something. It was nominated for 18? Yeah, that, that okay. sounds about right. Return of the King, no. It was it, it won everything that was nominated. Oh, okay. Because when Spielberg presented the, uh, the Oscar, he said it's a clean sweep. Oh wow! Return of the King. So yeah, it, I want to say it's like thirteen, fourteen. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I want to say it either like tied or broke the Titanic record. Mm, I want to say tied too, so it's probably that makes me want to say eleven or fourteen. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think the Oscars kind of suffers from uh, like some of the problems the Grammys do, where it's like you know uh, pro, the voters predominantly are often you know older uh, white people, white men, uh, <laughs> and like you know it's like you know. It's, well, like, the Grammys are hard just because of the sheer amount of content out yeah. there. Yeah. And, like, the differences between, you know, music and stuff. Like, I, I want, like, uh, calling something an album of the year when it's, like, six different genres shoved together is kind of hard to you know, yeah. figure out. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, a part of me finds it silly. Like, whatever is nominated for album of the year, if it's nominated in another category, it, it pretty much wins automatically. It's uh, That's an odd thing for my point of view like there's I don't know and there's so many weird genres like you look at the nomination uh, list for the Grammys and you're kind of like I'm not entirely sure what makes this album different than the other one or why it falls uh, in fun fact uh, you know the first uh, first group to win the best metal act was uh, or won an award for like metal album what Metallica no they were nominated though but <laughs> this makes no sense because they're not metal at all uh, Jethro Tull Really? Yeah. yeah. Hard rock, <laughs> hard rock, I can kind of see, but you know, yeah. metal, no. It's, it's, <laughs> so it's, I, it's like again, there, there's a weird definition for music and stuff that the Oscars don't exactly have to get into. It just, I don't know. Like the older you get, the more you you, you look at Oscar season and you see how politically it's ran. It's not. Sometimes it's not based on pure uh, quality. Sometimes they're, they're trying to they'll, they'll pick a movie, even if it's really good, but like they'll might get an X rage because you know it's like uh, the Reader. Yeah. The, the 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 Nazi movie with Kate Winslet. Or, yeah, I never saw it. Yeah, it was, it was a movie that got Dark Knight spot in uh, yeah. the best picture. Yeah, <laughs> or uh, like uh, last year with Twelve Years a Slave, like uh, you know. Uh, like, I love Twelve Years. Yeah. It was good, but I'm yeah. saying, like, but like you know, that, I think it was definitely worthy. But like, that might have gotten one push because people, like, you know, oh, I, I feel good about voting for this film, and then 
that same thing like, well, we just gave 12 years of slave in Oscar last year. Racism's dead, so... Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> Selma. Nominate, sorry, <laughs> Selma. No black actors. Yeah. yeah. Even though the... Uh, uh, I forget his name. The guy who played Martin Luther King in Selma, he did a tremendous job. That, that movie it, is great. I, yeah. I, the... Its lack of support is incredibly odd for my point of view. And I know they harped on, like, you know, historical accuracy, like, with its betrayal of LBJ. And, like, I mean, there's tons of movies that, you know, get nominated. You know, they have... Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say, uh, looking at last year's Best Picture nominees, 12 Years a Slave, out of the ones I've seen, was my favorite uh, What were the nominees last year? Uh, American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philomena, Wolf of Wall Street. I liked Her... A little bit more than Twelve Years a Slave, but I mean, at, at the end of it, it like it became a race between Twelve Years a Slave and Gravity, mm-hmm. and I was just like, no fucking way, Gravity. No, was Gravity bit. wasn't that good. Like it, it was mean, gorgeously yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's almost kind of like Birdman, where you're kind of like very gorgeously done. It was very well done, but there was something else in there that was a bit more like uh, last, like from last year. You know, I would have been fine with uh, Wolf of Wall Street uh, winning or. Uh, Mm. It's hard for Scorsese to get a oh yeah an Oscar <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but yeah I told you that was fine oh and her was good and uh, yeah. so was Nebraska but I don't know, but I don't know if I would give it to Nebraska Nebraska is a really good film Will, Will Forte is really good in it yeah yeah it's alright I want to watch his new show it looks hilarious <laughs> it's it's from Phil Lord uh, like the people behind uh, Clone High and yeah. Lego Movie and, Hmm. So I'm gonna watch when I get back. I think. Uh, but now, this uh, year, this year I think the biggest snub, like for uh, best picture wise, I really think they should have nominated Inherent Vice, but maybe there was like a backlash against uh, uh, PTA because of the Master for whatever reason, hmm. and I think it should have won for best adapted screenplay because I mean he adapted a Thomas Pynchon novel uh, into something that was coherent. I mean, some I think people, it was nominated. Yeah, some people thought it was incoherent. It's like it's like. It's not that hard to follow. It's a Shaggy Dog type, DA type of story, like The Big Lebowski. I mean, you just enjoy the ride and, you know, trying to uh, wind all the threads together at the end. And anyway, with Pynchon, his big thing is he doesn't really have, like, you know, traditional type endings, you know, and, you know, things that happen, you know, there might be, there might not be any uh, meaning intended with it. Like, you know, it's kind of picking up, like, existentialism, like, uh, with the idea that, you know, existence is inherently meaningless because there's a scene, uh, it's one of the best in the film, uh, uh, Josh Brolin, uh, this, he plays a cop, uh, he kicks down uh, Dax Mortello's door, stomps on the glass, and then he grabs this tray, because uh, uh, Doc's smoking marijuana, he, uh, he uh, get, get, takes a joint from Doc, uh, he smokes it, then he eats the joint, and then he grabs the tray and just shovels the marijuana in his mouth, and then he walks out. Hmm. It's like, uh, <laughs> he Bigfoot, you, are you alright, brother? And he says, I'm not, you're, you're not my brother, but you need a keeper. <laughs> See, I only saw four of this year's Oscar nominees. I saw Birdman, Grand Budapest, Boyhood, and now Whiplash. And I still think, in my opinion, Birdman was the best one that I out of the four that I watched. It's the one I enjoyed the most. It, I think I was more emotionally involved with Whiplash. Mm. Because I, I, and I, I, I love how it like it, 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 it's straddling a line between the idea of do you sacrifice everything else to achieve some some sort of greatness? Do you mm-hmm. leave, I don't know, stability, normality behind to get... For that? And it's like... The character, like, it kind of goes back and forth between that. And I love... Because the whole thing seems so shitty at the end. 
Like, he totally fucks over the uh, the kid mm-hmm. by giving him the wrong music and stuff, and he's walking off in shame, and you think the movie's done. Yeah. You think he's finally done, and then he comes back, and he delivers that tremendous fucking drum solo. Yeah. And you're just so fucking high on that, and you're watching him play, and then you, like, the, this gorgeous shot of J.K. Simmons, you can see, like, his cheeks go up in a smile, but you don't see it. It's only for the uh, Miles Teller. It's only for his character, yeah. and like just ending on that, on that moment of I fucking did it. I owned it. It was, I, I, I just thought it was tremendous filmmaking. It, it's just that whole scene, the way it, it's edited, the sound quality, of the whole yeah. thing. It's just, it was yeah. super impressive. But to me, it was missing something. It was missing some sort of pull for me. I don't know what it was. Which, uh, what's interesting about Whiplash is, uh, J.K. Simmons is basically full of shit, that teacher. Uh, here's why, because, <laughs> like, the story he told about, uh, about, uh, Bird getting the symbol thrown at him, yeah. that didn't happen like that. Uh, the mm-hmm. guy was joking around with him, threw a symbol at his feet, wasn't trying to actually hit it, kill him, or anything like that. Uh, and jazz values improvisation, uh, you know, uh, you know, mistakes are okay, uh, that, that's why, you know, it's like, you know, it's kind of laughable that, and it, it like you know, almost like you know some people some people th- see that final sh- scene as triumphant you know it's almost like you know one one take I read was like you know it's uh it's almost you know kind of a dark ending that uh... well yeah that was part oh, of yeah. the thing I love about it is that it is sort of like because it is rewarding that you know all the bullshit that he went through all that heartbreak you know it, it is it's rewarded in that one moment that he achieves perfection. But then you're you are kind of like well okay now what is he gonna do? It's like is he sort of gonna be hooked on that? Is he gonna be like chasing that mm-hmm. for the rest of his? Is he, I, I don't know. It, it's a wonderfully complex movie. Uh, it was an, I really liked it. It was one of my favorites of the mm-hmm. uh, of the year. Uh, and then there's a like I haven't read the article yet, but uh, there was a cool thing on uh, the I think it was like Solano one of those magazines uh, talking about uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. It was almost like a almost a Holocaust film. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> few of the categories and, uh, I, I would have been fine with it. Boyhood I mean like I'm not dissatisfied with Birdman but it's like uh, you know, it's like okay I, I don't know if I would have picked that I think Boyhood was the weakest out of the four that I've seen by far I did I did mm-hmm. I really liked all four of them that I saw yeah. but it's definitely the weakest of the four that I saw mm-hmm. I I highly disagree with uh, uh, Patricia Arquette winning Best Supporting Actress I don't agree with that at all who are the other nominees um yeah, I, I'm not not sure off the top of my head, but I, I just think she gave an okay performance. Nothing amazing. Yeah, same with like Ethan Hawke and eh, nothing amazing. Yeah, I I don't think they should have won it. Well, of course that's the only award that it uh, only acting award that it won, but I don't even think it should have got that. To be honest with you, hmm. as much as I did enjoy it, but none of the acting in it was stellar by any means. Yeah, yeah. The others were uh, Meryl Streep for Into the Woods. Into the Woods sucked. I, I did not. <laughs> uh, Emma Stone as Sam Thompson in uh, Birdman. Keira uh, Knightley mm-hmm. as uh, uh, Joan Clark in The Imitation Game, and uh, Laura Dern in Wild. 
Mm-hmm. I guess the only person I would have given it, yeah, given it to is Emma Stone. Yeah. But, and she did a great job in Birdman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. Did you see uh, today's uh, T-Fury shirt? It's a Birdman one. Oh, was it? Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, it's got a Emma Stone like looking up in the sky with the Birdman logo. You know the most disappointing thing about Birdman was? Despite the title, it had nothing to do with the... Uh, with the with the rapper of the same name, <laughs> that would that would have been awesome. Birdman with his famous Birdman hands, where he rubs them together. Hmm. I dropped uh, off topic. I dropped one hundred and fifty bucks at the comic book store over the weekend. Holy shit! I had been in for two months. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of sad. And I, I got about half of my stack that was in there. Did you put any of it back? No. <laughs> it's all most of what's in there is just stuff that I'm like behind on, like Invincible and Powers and mm-hmm. like stuff that I had multiple issues of. So I managed to keep current on uh, like half of the stuff. Oh, also on the same topic, it, I was going a bit nuts trying to find all new X Men issue thirty seven. It's not out. It's not out. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> A double ship or something. Well, no, it's uh, uh, that particular issue. There, uh, I think it's a one shot, and the artist is behind or something. So they, I'll go figure because it's the uh, all new X Men's part of the Black Vortex yeah. crossover. They couldn't delay it. Yeah. So I mean, since it's a one shot, they figured they just <laughs> hold, wait until it was done. Well, it also seems like uh, I was talking to the to the guys at the shop. Uh, Guardians Team Up Issue 3 will be out before Guardians Team Up Issue 1. Well, that's what happens when you get Arthur Adams to do your art. It's still kind of ridiculous. It is interesting. You would think that at that point you'd be able to just say... Renumber? Yeah. Like, you, you at this point just wait until the Black Vortex thing is done then put out that issue. The only thing I would wonder if it has something to do with the chronology of the story, like maybe Bendis specifically wants that to happen before the Black Vortex thing, mm-hmm. like when people go back and reread it, he, he, he still wants it to be at that point. Huh, maybe. No. Well, you could, you could remember and then just say, you know, uh, like in the, like, uh, like the title page, you know, you know, these events take place before. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it, just, it made things kind of confusing. And then all the fucking uh, Spider-Verse tie-ins were sold out. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I was expecting, like, Scarlet Spiders to be sold out. <laughs> or, uh... Well, did, wasn't it, like, selling out on you when you were... Last time you no, were out? Ed, Edge of the Spider-Verse stuff was. Like, the early stuff was. I didn't expect to not be able to find, like, issues, like, two and three of the other tie-ins. Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse. Well, you should almost expect that because they're always going to order less than issue one. Yeah. So if issue one is sold out, is, uh, sold out. But I had no trouble getting the first issues. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, you should see the stack I have to read. Like, the only book that I'm pretty much caught up on is Spider-Man, and I'm still, like, three issues behind on it. Actually, no. Uh, I think I'm only I only had one issue of Batman and Robin, 
That's the only, the only one issue book that I I had. Isn't that still going? Didn't they? Yeah, it's still going. I mean, mm-hmm. Robin. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, is your dad getting that one or something? Or No, I, I still read it. Oh. I, I, I like it. Okay. It's a lot of fun. Damien has superpowers now. I stopped reading it a while ago. Mm, too bad. Because I stopped kind of caring. Oh. Yeah, the whole Batman just running around and... Being angry and... Yeah, it's just one of the, like... Compared to you know, Snyder's Batman, it just felt like more interesting things were happening in the other book. Well, yeah, that's that's fair. Which I haven't read the the last two issues of Endgame yet, um, so don't spoil that for me. <laughs> um, I've managed to not see anything online. Uh, here, the finale is kind of intense, though. Well, there's still a couple more issue. Oh, doesn't? Yeah. Okay, and then the the. Well, whatever this past issue was was intense, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Batman and Robin. And since Robin but, Rises um, started, it's just been fun. It's been a fun Bat Family book. The entire Bat Family's in it, and mm-hmm. it's oh, just been a, they all went to uh, uh, Apocalypse to get Robin back, and okay. it, was, it was awesome. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Oh, speaking of Batman, like a this is like a this is like a like a column that was like like it's almost three years old at this point, but I thought it was really kind of cool. I'll send you guys a link. It was like uh, talking about the inherent gayness of Batman, like uh, <laughs> not that like uh, like not that he's actually homosexual, but like you know like uh, it's really interesting to look at like the campiness, like uh, the repression is mm-hmm. the that talked about you know, Grant, Grant Morrison and uh, you know, I'll send it to you. It was, really, it was a cool read. I enjoyed it. Huh. Carrie wrote a paper about that in school. Okay, <laughs> I, th- I, think this was, I think this was on like uh, CBR, I want to say, or mm-hmm. one of those types of places. Yeah, uh, like she used All Star Batman as a good example of. Mm-hmm. The... <laughs> <laughs> or like it, it almost talks about how like uh, Batman is like you know like it's almost like you know Batman's in the closet like you know and and the Joker like you know he's uh, you know uh, kind of inflicts his personality on the world you know he's an example of, like you know overt queerness. Uh, out of the closet versus in the closet. Uh, it, it was really it's a good read. I, huh. Oh, a interesting. But it, talking about how, like, you know, speaking of which, you hear that Catwoman came out. Big surprise, everyone! She's bisexual. I always thought she was. Yeah, I didn't think about it. I don't really care. Yeah. But you know, I always, I always kind of thought she was anyway. Yeah, very sexual character. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too shocked. Yeah. I think that's what everybody's reaction was. It was just kind of like, all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Love you, know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good, good, good on you. <laughs> good job, DC. I thought everyone already knew this. <laughs> oh, did you, did you talk about Hot Tub Time Machine last week? Yeah, well, oh, we, we, we didn't record, record last week. week. Well, we could talk about that. <laughs> um. uh, don't go see it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was... I thought it was on par with the first one. Uh, yeah, I, no, 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 no. I, I, I thought it was. I thought the first one did an actual. It did a, a a much better job of I don't know keeping it like character focused. Yeah, like they actually it's, had it, things to do character wise to grow. Yeah, it, it just felt like uh, like uh, like they uh, did a few bong hits and uh, banged this out uh, one evening. I enjoyed it. I, I think it's worth watching. We got. An hour and a half of your time. Why not? 
Oh, it's an hour and a half better spent doing something else. <laughs> you do your you to do your taxes. <laughs> that won't be less painful. Yeah, I liked it. Oh, yeah. I, I would prefer John Cusack over Adam Scott. Thought Adam Scott was weak. Well, that's because his character was weird and underwritten yeah. and didn't really work. It was kind of weird. Like they had some good like new cast members, but ultimately they weren't really used well in any manner. Like. You know, Camille Nanjiani. You know, yeah. He's fucking great in Silicon Valley. I mean, yeah. he didn't really... He was actually was on a recent episode of Archer. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just great. And he was on an episode of Broad City, which... Do you guys watch Broad City? Uh, oh, you should. It's hilarious. That's Now, that's a show you want to be high to watch. <laughs> but it's... They're like, uh, I, I don't... I haven't... I'm, caught up, I'm not uh, caught up on season two, but... I guess one episode, they covered, like, a... Uh, like, uh, one of the characters, like, uh, was gonna hook up with, like, uh, hooks up with her, uh, hot neighbor, and, uh, she said something about wanting to switch, and then, the, then he, turned out he, uh, he's into pegging, so that's the whole episode, and, uh, Bob Balaban is, uh, uh What's pegging? <laughs> oh, David, David, David. What's pegging? Uh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna give him the talk, aren't we? <laughs> I've never heard of pegging before. Wow, you, you've lived a sheltered life, uh, basically, uh, Heterosexual couples uh, wear a strap on and bang the dude in the butt. Uh, prostitution. Uh, I didn't uh, so that's what the, the, that was. they have uh, they have Bob Balaban talking about pegging and uh, you know uh, Jeff Garland's wife on Curb Enthusiasm. Yeah, she plays uh, uh, Alana's mom, and it's it's a great show. Hannibal Burris is on it, mm. so it, it's worth watching. I'm uh, I'm currently on the I'm near the end of the third season of Witcher. Oh, nice! I think I got the two space episodes. Oh, oh that's nice. a, uh, um, my favorite. My favorite uh, story arc in that season three was the pirate episodes because yeah, the pirate episodes pretty good. Uh, season five of Archer goes on Netflix this month. Yes, because yeah, so. yeah. I, uh, I just finished season four. I did, like marathon through four. But uh, what was the last? I think the last episode I saw was the. Uh, no, it's the one where his Russian wife comes out as a robot. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. but the uh, so, yeah, what's that? Because, yeah, you have the last two space ones left. It's what's that, Cyborg Barry? Because Barry's back in the space episodes. Okay, I love Barry. <laughs> Cyborg Barry. He's, he's a Barry the bionic douchebag. Yeah, he's, he's a bionic. He's a well, the uh, six million dollar man. <laughs> uh, yeah. What? I, I, I like the episode where it's like the little murder mystery in Archer's mom's house, and the Italian ambassador is sitting there with five gun holes in his oh, chest, yeah. and he's in the, the, the latex suit. Yeah. <laughs> Archer, don't go down there. What is in his ass? <laughs> and then they, do, they go to the title sequence, and he comes back. Mother, what is in his ass? <laughs> Uh, Babu, is that you? I think I think one of my favorite characters on the show is Krieger. I don't think Krieger gets enough love. Mm. I love his like uh, hologram wife, uh, <laughs> or like you know, how uh, his van is painted like with Rush album covers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and I love that uh, Archer has started to sleep with Pam. It just yeah. makes me. <laughs> Like uh, uh, the the morning after, they're like on the elevator, and Archer's trying to tell her to you know keep it keep it on the down low. And it looks like they start fighting. The elevator door opens, and Archer's just like trying to get up, uh-huh. clothes torn asunder, <laughs> and he's like, "Whoo!" <laughs> I don't know, yeah. <laughs> just the idea that Pam's really good in the sack makes me a little happy. It's like, yay, go Pam! <laughs> Pam's, Pam's great. Uh, there's a season six episode with her sister. 
that's just amazing. Uh, they go. Her sister's getting married, and Pam's one of the bridesmaids. And they mm-hmm. uh, they go uh, to the, their Midwestern hometown, and Archer's her date. And uh, it's a Barry episode. Barry starts trying to to kill him, and uh, it's a great. Ends in a bar, barn battle sequence. <laughs> I uh, I liked the the episode we went down to uh, Ray's family. Yeah, with uh, Kenneth as a uh, Kenneth Ray's Page, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the wife swapping. And <laughs> I just love the the. He's not a drug dealer. It's a drug farmer. <laughs> I love the scene where, like, Archer's, you know, telling Ray, so, uh, your brother's, um, going up there to sleep with, uh, Carol, your wife, and Ray's kind of, like, Ray's getting mad just at the idea that his brother's going to do it, not the fact that Carol isn't really his wife or anything, just like that whole awkward moral situation where Ray's like, well, yeah, but he doesn't know I'm gay, so he is actually being a dick. (laughs) (laughs) And Archer's like, yeah, I guess I, I guess I didn't see it that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, good show, good show. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I've gotten to the point where I just put it on as like white noise now when I'm doing other stuff, mm-hmm. and I, I think I've probably managed through the series like three times. Just, wow! Just turn it on. Nothing else to do. Like I'm just working on my computer or something. Just it's mm-hmm. all in the background. I, I saw a funny Photoshop, like, uh, they'd, they'd swapped uh, Bob's face with Archer's face, so... No, the Bob's murderous crossover is great. It's kind of freaking... Bob on a uh, Bob on Archer's face is weird. Uh, Archer's body and vice versa is also pretty freaky. <laughs> that was the... Is that the season four premiere? Yeah. So you haven't got to it yet? No. He's... He, Archer, I'll be! Archer uh, has amnesia, and he takes up the, the role of uh, Bob Belcher. And the the entire voice cast of Bob's Burgers is in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But he goes through the entire episode as Bob. <laughs> it's pretty entertaining. Mm. There's a really good episode in season four involving a cobra. <laughs> a cobra bit my taint. One of my favorite recurring uh, gags is uh, Babu. Yeah. Oh, the ocelot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or like uh, Archer being mean to Woodhouse. <laughs> there's uh, there's a episode involving the Pope uh, in season four, and Woodhouse and the Pope look alike. So there's some fun with that. <laughs> I like the running gag about Woodhouse being a junkie mm-hmm. <laughs> and gay. You know, it's just the two of us, uh, Reggie. Uh, be a dear, uh, tiny <laughs> often put on the fingers. Uh, well, let's see. Aging. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, uh, Agent Carter ended last week. Oh yeah, um, that ended really well. That was a great ending. Mm. That was pretty fantastic. Yeah, I lo- uh, uh, I they did a good job of like like I didn't I didn't think about it like during the moment. It was only afterwards, mm-hmm. but they all like her on the uh, the radio with uh. Jarvis and Howard while well, they're flying off. Parallels to uh, and, and Captain America, yeah. Yeah, and and this it, time she's actually able to like save, save them both. Uh, uh, actually, the, the series finale, as much as it is Agent Carter's show, they've managed to make the entire season finale about Captain America. 
No, yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love the uh, the cameo at the end where they brought in Arnim Zolo. Yeah. Did you hear about that? No. Zola uh, with... Uh, um, Toby Jones? Yeah, Toby oh, Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah the, well, we Dr. got Zola and... Dr. Foster's. Yeah. I'd really like to get at uh, uh, some point Baron Zemo. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah. I feel like they'd have to do that in a cat movie with this with this with this stupid sock cap thing that he wears over his face. <laughs> Did he get like glue on it or something like that? I could see them maybe doing it in Agents of Shield. Yeah, I could see that. Like, especially since Whitehall's, they need a new bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually uh, reading an interview with them in season two. They were allowed to bring Zola onto the show because uh, him and the mind control guy, I always forget his name, I can't pronounce it. Fossus? Yeah, Fossus. Uh, they're both members, well, they both started the Winter Soldier, part, played a part in the Winter Soldier program. Mm-hmm. So, season two, hopefully we see Sebastian Stan's Winter Soldier. That'd be kind of cool if they somehow managed to set that up a little bit. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a missed opportunity if they don't use it more. He's cheap right now. <laughs> Get him on, you could do an interesting crossover. With Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter. We're both dealing with the Winter Soldier. Both dealing with the Winter Soldier. Hmm. I think it could work. At different timelines. Yeah. Yeah. Say, like, say, they bring Agent Carter back for mid-season next year, too. Do what they did this year. Because I, I think it worked well only being eight episodes and, mm-hmm. and the break. And just have it fill that gap. But have... The like mid season finale of Shield dealing with the Winter Soldier, and then we see the origins of the Winter Soldier. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, get that done. Depends on what they're doing. Well, how they're going to end up handling the Winter Soldier in Civil War. Yeah, I suppose it probably would be a smart idea to deal with that stuff outside of the movie. That way, it's sort of frees up the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's set up to a certain degree, and hopefully, you don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Especially since there's probably going to be a lot to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's going to be like a four-hour-long movie. should be like a four-hour-long movie. Uh, rumors are they're going to announce Spider-Man this week. Oh, did you, did you hear about oh. uh, who's going to write Spider-Man and direct it? Yeah. yeah Drew, Drew Goddard, Goddard. Who they were having set up the Sinister Six. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably happy. Oh, cool. You guys didn't just straight-up fire me. You're just moving me on You're another project. Thanks, guys. Uh, here's a plot for my here's my Spider-Man pitch. There's a cabin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Peter, MJ, Harry, and the gang all go to visit. So at least he has experience with celestials. Uh, what they're dealing with. He has exp- uh, experience working with Joss. He mm. has experience working with Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I think I think he's good to go. And Cabin in the Woods was awesome. Yeah, it was. So, uh, I'm all for that. And he was, was the executive producer on Daredevil, so it's not like he... Mm-hmm. Which Daredevil? The, the Netflix <laughs> series. Okay. He, oh, yeah, I saw the thing of, uh, the photo of... Excuse me, uh, Vincent. Yeah. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Just... They should have done Black King Men, you know, they could have had his Black King Men. Terry Crews. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Nice. No, 
They, they should go like a, you know, too bad it's a, the, uh, but it's kind of funny they did like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine crossover where uh, Daredevil, <laughs> they're like in the back. Uh, did you see the, they uh, had a Absorbing Man fighting his dad? Yeah, they mentioned, yeah, Creel is somehow fighting Jack Murdoch. It potentially doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but... Uh, what about yeah. Marvel does? <laughs> well, they already had Creel in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh-huh. Okay. And he didn't look old enough to be fighting. Uh, whenever, you see like that, whenever you see something like, like, like that, here's your answer. Super Soldier Serum. Or, I saw a thing where... It could absorb be, somebody's life force. Uh, <laughs> they were trying to, to explain it. Or maybe it's a young Creel fighting a old Jack like on his like comeback tour. Oh, maybe. And then, hmm. yeah, could work. But yeah, should be an exciting couple of months with powers and uh, coming out next week. Next week, yeah. And the week after that, we uh, got Community. The trailer for the sixth season popped up. Yeah, it looks really good. It yeah. looks awesome. <laughs> Community Age of Yahoo. <laughs> I, I like how they said "bitch" in the trailer. Anybody else like that? Hmm. I don't be weird if they start cursing like uh, like more more than that. No, no. Har- uh, Harmon specifically stated that just because they have the freedom now to do that, he's not going to abuse it. Because it, it wouldn't make it would it would be a little bit jarring, like you know, yeah, like exactly. minor curse words, you know, that's... Yeah, and he, he he he's going to stick to like the the structure of the show as much as possible, really. What and, structure? Well, <laughs> the circle, yeah. <laughs> so like he isn't. Yeah, you know, gonna make like forty-five minute episodes or anything. Oh, so speaking of uh, speaking of Harmon, uh, I guess Harmon Town's on Netflix now, and uh, you know Jeff Richards. Uh, yeah. Uh, he uh, sent me like on Instagram like a like a direct message. Uh, he's like, "Hey, you and David are in this." Uh, hmm. yeah. yeah, we knew that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then no, like, just fresh on my mind. Uh... Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm in it too. Yeah. I didn't know it was on Netflix now. Neither did I. Sweet. Hmm. I kind of want to find myself. Like, look, I'm in this movie on Netflix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's saying that? Uh, Jeff Richards. Who's that? You probably wouldn't know him, but like he was uh, David's class in high school. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, let's see. What else? Leonard Nemo passed away. Oh, that fucking sucked. Yeah, Friday yeah. was rough. Well, yeah. I don't know. He, 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 I mean, he was he, old. Yeah, I mean, he got up to eighty-three. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things you're kind of like, it's not, it's not. It didn't come out of nowhere. No. <laughs> like I, it didn't like. But it, you know, it's Robin Williams hit me hit me more because. He was young, and there's a sense of tragedy behind it because he did it himself. Yeah, this was, you know, he, he was 83. He had health issues. It was and, it was uh, cigarette smoking that killed him. Like he mm-hmm. hadn't smoked in 30 uh, 30 years, but you know, he got enough damage against. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think it's just sad because, like, you know, you seen like a. I haven't seen anything really negative about uh, Leonard Nimoy since his passing. I mean, that, you know, that's not always the case when somebody famous dies. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was reading. You know, I, I knew that like uh, you know, he did stuff like his full body project, and then uh, like uh, another book that was five years before that, like uh, showing like uh, the feminine side and uh, of Jewish spirituality. And then uh, I'd read that uh, uh, he found out like uh, what 
Walter Koenig uh, told him that uh, Michelle Nichols wasn't being paid the same as uh, mm-hmm. the rest of the cast, and you know he uh, he you know uh, went to Paramount to get get that change, and she got paid the same amount. And then uh, later in the Star Trek the animated series, they didn't they weren't going to have uh, uh, George uh, or Michelle on the show, and he said, you know, I'm not going to play Spock unless you uh, bring these people in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> Roddenberry called them like the conscious conscious of star trek yeah it was actually kind of interesting because it was a story that came out afterwards um the first star trek movie was made during michael eisner's and uh jeffrey katzenberg's time as you know head heads of studios over there and it, it was kind of funny we wouldn't uh, have gotten a star trek movie if it wasn't for jeff katzenberg getting spock to you know join the movie like he he, he basically like uh, Leonard Nimoy didn't really want anything to do with it mm-hmm. until uh, Katzenberg started to sort of hound him like he specifically flew across the country to New York to see his show and have like dinner with him and stuff and um it was it just it was kind of interesting like, Michael Eisner and Katzenberg the guys who you know basically put Disney back on the map Mm-hmm. Uh, um, after the long drought of the '80s, they also had something to do with you know putting Star Trek back on the uh, the map. Even though apparently, because the budget like went over by so much, because I think it was originally only supposed to be like forty million, and then like, it was it was at least twice that. By the time yeah. they were done, he almost got fired because of that. <laughs> 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 or he did for a little bit, and then Eisner brought him back. <laughs> um, but. Uh... <clears throat> Along those lines of the films, uh, like I'd read the story about, like uh, with uh, Star Trek Three, that like you know, uh, like yeah, Nimoy directed that, you know, he inherited the script, and then like four, like four, like he just, you know, his goal was like, you know, uh, I want to do an entertaining film, uh, you know, with no villain, no guns, you know, not no blasters being fired, uh, mm-hmm. that also you know uh, gets people thinking about you know important issues like you know conservation and stuff like that, and. Four, I, four is. I love the Voyage Home. Four, four is so much fun. Yeah, four is one of the best Star Trek movies. Yeah. Because I, it, it, it's almost because they take those characters out and of. Christopher Lloyd was a main Klingon in that, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but it was one of those interesting things where they 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 took the characters out of their familiar setting, so it it, it was pretty much just about them, and they were able to you know, show how strong of characters they are. Like mm-hmm. they didn't need to rely and it's on... it's like almost like a classic trek episode or like i mean I, i'd say like oh for you know the whole series like the different very different series like where you know it's like uh but you know because not every episode of star trek has a villain in it you know just yeah. mm. um i also thought it was interesting that he directed three three, three men, men and, and a baby, baby. yeah <laughs> and that came out of nowhere i was like oh really <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um but i also feel as if like he 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 must have been prepared and yeah, that last tweet, yeah, he he must have known. Yeah. Was... Um I saw a lot of people complaining that Shatner couldn't make it to the funeral. Yeah, well, and, yeah, but he 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 stated he yeah, yeah he, he couldn't get a plane. Yeah, he, he worked with his and he he was at what, a charity, charity event, event yeah. that he had already agreed to go to, and and then like he still like arrived in out. I mean, I still think he missed the funeral, but uh, like you know, because uh, it was like nine a.m. on uh, I think Saturday. Sunday. Mm. But he, you know, got there like eleven thirty or so, or like near noon. I mean, mm-hmm. 
He tried. He tried. He tried. Yeah, yeah, he could. He got the earliest plane that he could that worked with his schedule. Mm-hmm. And you know, people need to give him some slack. because <laughs> uh, I mean, like, it's not like you know, like it was for a charity ball. I mean, like you know, that, that's you know, that's some, you know, clearly you know that was important for Nimoy. Like uh, yeah. his family said, like in lieu of you know flowers and such. Uh, well, because that's not really a Jewish thing. Because like uh, for when you like uh, the memorials they'll put on graves are like pebbles or stones. Is what I've read. Uh, hmm. uh, I know Shatner's kids were managed. Yeah, they were there on time. Uh, mm. And uh, you know, like, uh, they, they asked for like donations to like a foundation that helps with uh, people who had uh, who have uh, the disease that uh, Mr. Nimoy had. Mm. It was COPD, right? Yeah. Uh, I know Friday it was really hard to go into work. Uh, Andrew told me the news between jobs, and I I almost called into Sun King. I was just I was a mess, mm. and. Uh, a lot of people were giving me shit about being in such a like devastated sort of thing, but uh, it's not every day that an icon such as Spock passes, let alone an icon that you have a personal experience with. Yeah, exactly, man. That's why. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, a couple guys were giving me shit at, at work at Sunking about it. And I was just like, they're like, you didn't even know the guy. I was like, actually, I got to spend about four hours with the guy. Back in 09, and hell, I could look at it at that weekend with with him as the, part of the reason I'm doing this now. Part of the reason I cover conventions and everything. Um, it was uh, the FX show in spring of 09. Uh, I was working with a, a comic book store at the time, and uh, they were sponsoring the convention, so I got VIP access to, to it and everything. And that uh, that first night, it was uh, uh, the big VIP party. And sitting at the bar was uh, Leonard Nimoy and Jonathan Franks mm-hmm. sitting sitting <laughs> next to each other at the bar having a drink. And I was able to go chat with them for a little while. I, I, I didn't intrude too much, but uh, the just I just want to take advantage of seeing that. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, mind blown. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, you know, Star Trek, like, it's... One of the most important TV shows of all time, I yeah, think. Like, exactly. uh, like you know, like it kind of you know, like pushes forward the you know this you know this positive humanism that you know uh, we're better than our you know demons are faults, and then like you know groundbreaking for like interracial kiss, uh, mm-hmm. and like inspire like people who work at NASA, and like you know there's so many technologies <laughs> yeah, there in Star Trek that you know came we have from now. Star Trek, yeah, uh, I actually uh, uh, oh go ahead. Uh, the next day, that Saturday, uh, I was covering a Leonard's panel. Mm-hmm. Um, Beforehand, I got to I got to sit and talk to him for I, I I got to shoot the shit with Leonard Nimoy. I had two months left of film school, and he took advantage of that talking to me about what I wanted to do and everything uh, for probably about forty five minutes to a half hour. You know, just got to to talk with him. I mean, mm-hmm. There were a couple other people there too, but uh, you don't get that time with an icon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, then the panel happened. I shot the panel. It was about an hour and a half long. Got to. See him, uh, seeing the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins in person, and uh, oh God. And afterwards, uh, afterwards he came up and and wished me luck and told me thank you and shook my hand. Hmm. So, like, it's it, I have a personal and professional experience with the guy. You know, it it kind of hit me. I was a mess. I cried for like an hour and a half Friday, and people were giving me so much shit for that. I'm just like, well, but you don't have this kind of story. <laughs> so, 
I mean, the most we can say is that he, he sure as hell lived long and prospered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually can't but you know, Nemo's story. I mean, like, it's just tangential, like, giving to him, but uh, in, sixth, in sixth grade, like, there's these two books that I read that I really, you know, uh, changed my life, uh, really, like, you know, or buried seeds for, you know, interest down the line. Uh, I forget what the book was called, both of them, but uh, one of them was, like, a... Uh, a his, like a book on basketball, like a history that's like you know, where I knew learn all the stuff about like Wilt Chamberlain and his hundred point game and the history of the league. It was, it was really cool when I because I was playing basketball in sixth grade. I was on the sixth grade team. You're not very good uh, mm-hmm. as expected. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there's also a book on Star Trek, which you know, I, I might have seen uh, bits of the movies or something like that, but I never actually watched the show. But uh, mm-hmm. it was all on. Uh, it was, it was like the book was about the classic series, and that's how I learned stuff about like Gene Roddenberry. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's let me see this. Uh, but go back, uh, like you know, uh, like you know, all these different things, like uh, like behind the scenes things. Oh, this this is a really cool show, and I learned about the Tribbles and all that mm-hmm. different episodes. And uh, at the time, sci-fi was uh, excuse me, showing reruns of the classic series. So, you know, I became a casual Star Trek fan, and then I think around that time I watched uh, Trekkies, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, like, a super huge Star Trek fan where, like, you know, I, I uh, know everything about the series, but, you know, I'm, I'm you know, try, working my way through uh, Next Generation right now, and uh, I, it's just a fun show. It's, like, you know, I, I like the characters, and, you know, I'd like, I've watched a lot of the decent amount of the classic series and the decent amount of the movies, but, you know, it's, like, you know, like, uh, I relate to characters like, you know, Spock or Data, where, you know, like, uh, they're... Uh, like uh, they're you know trying their best to you know find connection with connections with people and you know it's sometimes hard you know because I'm sure we felt this way growing up that you know maybe we maybe like a little bit you know removed from our peers because we might have had different interests than them uh, maybe you know our intelligence isolated us a little bit but you know it's like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but you know it always sucks when like because uh, you know you often hear about. Uh, you know, people like you know you admire, and they turn out oh, they're they're actually dicks, like you know Michael Jordan, for example. <laughs> um, but you know, I've never heard anything negative about Leonard Nimoy. Mm. No. Mm. So yeah. Plus, he was in the Transformers movie as Galvatron, <laughs> and, 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 and in the Michael Bay Transformers yeah. movies. And and actually, so was... funny. I I I just finished up uh, Kingdom Hearts: Birth by Sleep, mm-hmm. uh, the HD version. Leonard Nimoy's in it. Mm. He, he voices the bad guy. Oh, he does a good job. Is he the King of Atlantis or Kingdom Hearts? Main, no, main bad guy. Uh, yeah, uh, Master Xehanort. Oh well, 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 I just asked because uh, he in. Uh, oh, uh, like, uh, yeah, that's right. I, I was wondering if then they used the king as a bad guy in the. No, no, no. Okay, he, different he, character. He, yeah, he voices the like the big bad of the whole series. But uh, he, he he does a he did a great job. It's and also, sad uh, that he's not going to be able to come back and do it again. And also, all of this. Maybe he already did. No. <laughs> and, and also, all of the Simpsons cameos were hilarious. I mean, like, Mars vs. the Monorail? Uh, uh, on Star Trek... Uh, they actually, uh, this Sunday's episode ended with a tribute to him. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, on Star Trek, the doors were mechanical. Uh, we walk up from the technicians and we pull them apart. Anybody want to change seats? <laughs> uh, a solar eclipse. The cosmic ballet goes on. Uh, <laughs> my, my work here is done. You didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't I? Or uh, when he was on uh, the Springfield. The, uh, the X-Files episode. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Spock, what do you want in your hot dog? Surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
that late. Uh, as a Boss fan, I, may the force be with you. Do you even know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> and he was the reason why, uh, uh, you know, the Star Trek episode of uh, Futurama? Mm-hmm. It was because he was on it that they got Bill to do it and all the others. <laughs> nice. That's one of my favorite Futurama episodes. Mm. <laughs> well, well, you know, we lost your bodies, but, you know, you know would all that be worth uh, living with the, the world's most annoying uh, Star Trek fan? That's got to be I'm living in a filter fish jar. <laughs> <laughs> uh. so, yeah. Not many of them left. No, it, yeah, it's... that one picture of Kirk sitting at the table by himself is fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's Kirk sitting with McCoy, Scotty, and Spock, and then uh, one panel later, it's him sitting at the same table all by himself, and you're kind of like, "Oh, fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> I saw one for, like, similar, like for the Golden Girls, like Rose's line. Uh, oh shit! What happens if uh, one of us, only one of us is left? <laughs> oh god. Is uh, the Russian still on Chekhov? Yeah, okay. yeah, Walter Koenig. Yeah, I can remember. Yeah, uh, him, Michelle, and George, and uh, Bill are still around. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and we just lost uh, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, uh, can't remember her name, but uh, the Roddenberry's uh, wife who played uh, Nurse Chapel was yeah, working here. Uh, uh... Marjorie, is that it? That sounds about right. Yeah. I feel like that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you guys haven't watched it, Trek Nation's good. Uh, it follows uh, Roddenberry's son. There's a, like, I saw, it was like a, uh, I think it was for Into Darkness on the Saturday, like when they're getting a makeup, uh, Quintos with, uh, 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 and uh, Nimoy, and uh, he, he just, I, I, it's not a London Nimoy thing, but he greeted him uh, with his full name, like full first name, Zachary! <laughs> You know, I actually saw kind of a slap in the face to Quinto the other day. I forget it was what critic it was, but uh, he tweeted uh, something that was kind of like, ouch. Uh, he was like, uh, rest in peace, Leonard Nimoy, the only person who could ever play Spock. I'm like, oh. Well, yeah. Zachary Quinto did a pretty good for- Good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, like, it's still, you know, I mean, of course, Nimoy's gonna. Yeah. Uh, but, he... but, you know, I, it feels like he did a good job of making him his own. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Same, in the same way Chris Pine made Chat. Uh, uh, Shatner Kirk. or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made Kirk. I don't even know Shatner. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, you know, they took the idea and they, I don't know. They took the base of the character and made them their own. Yeah. Oh, um, another interesting thing I saw about. Uh, like uh, Spock, uh, like uh, like in some of the write-ups I've seen about his passing, uh, whereas before, like you know, uh, aliens in science fiction, at least in that, like in the fifties and such, you know, they were the metaphors for the uh, unknown, like you know, uh, they symbolized like you know the threat of creeping communism, like mm-hmm. the Russians. But you know, uh, Star Trek, I mean, of course, you know, they have a Russian on the bridge and then an alien, you know, and mm-hmm. he's not, you know, uh, he's human, human, you know, he's human, he has emotions. I mean, like, well, sometimes I mean, sporadically, but you know, it's like you know, it's like. Instead of being an enemy, you know, he's, uh... You know, I, I don't want to take credit away probably. from uh, Star Trek for that, but you also have to look at other sci-fi from that time. Like, hell, like Doctor Who, for instance, was out six years before Star Trek. No, three years before Star Trek, my bad. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you gotta give credit where credit's due a little bit there. But, yeah, Star Trek definitely made it more popular, more 
open. And... It's probably also more of a U.S. thing. Like, uh, it's probably like, because I'm just looking at it from the because I'm not sure, like, you know, uh, that actually that actually would be an interesting paper or a book, like, you know, uh, how did Britain uh, view, like, Russia in the, you know, during the Cold War, like, you know, was it, was it like, a similar uh, viewpoint, like, the U.S., where, like, I mean, of course, you know, they were allies with us, but, you know. Mm-hmm. They were on the other side of the wall, and they were a lot closer to that wall. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, a, but you know, it wasn't really, like, you know, Russia and uh, the U.S. going head-to-head, it was... Hmm. Oh, yeah. That about wraps it up. Then I have nothing else to talk about. Um, Archer was badass. Not Archer. Arrow. Arrow was <laughs> badass. Um, that ending caught me off guard. Yeah. Um, I I didn't quite like the ending. I did just because I was just like, oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, it's better than them fighting again. Yeah, it is better than fighting again. But I'm just like, all right, guys, you've already made him. Batman enough. <laughs> now you want him to be Rachel Ghoul's heir? Come on, this is Bruce Wayne's job here, guys. <laughs> Bruce Wayne doesn't exist. Yeah, he does. What, Nero? Yeah. He exists in that world. You want to know how I know? How? Well, well, like Wayne in- Flash. What, like Wayne Enterprises mentioned or yeah. something? Batman does not exist in the world. Yes, he does. They've, they've mentioned Wayne Enterprises on the show. He exists. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It just just seemed like, I don't know, it just seemed too Batman-y. Well, I mean, yeah, but it it does go with the whole... uh, He is that universe's Batman in the same way that Barry is that universe's Superman. So, I don't know, it works. Yeah. And plot-wise it works, because all of a sudden you're like, well, this is... I mean, because it, it puts him in a whole new situation where he's kind of like... He's been trying to be a hero, you know, and not killing anybody. And mm-hmm. now he's in, he's giving a shit ton of resources. What does he do with that? Does he still try and... Does he try to rein everybody else in? Does he... Like, ah. I don't know. It, it puts the character in an interesting situation, especially since they've, they've shown this throughout the whole season. Like, he doesn't really have a whole lot left in Starling City, really, mm-hmm. besides just being the arrow. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. this puts him in a new position of power and new position of responsibility. That, um, you know, um, it, it's interesting with the character in the show. Um, now, back on to Batman, the. Uh... One of, someone tweeted someone involved with the show tweeted the possibility of Damien what an arrow? yeah I mean I guess as a potential heir to the throne I suppose <laughs> I don't know <laughs> so who knows hmm. um and they mentioned that it, they could cross over like Titans who could possibly be in the same universe as well which would well like they said they were a supergirl but it, it, i think it's pretty clear at this point well, that, that supergirl is not well yeah but i i See, think though tnt are owned by the same network or owned by the same so is cbs is CB, it? yeah cbs and cw are owned I, by the same I people and they're still like laying down that you know mm. wall like no that isn't happening well i'm open to the possibility Oh, yeah, it would be cool, but I'm not sure if they're going to allow it to happen. 
Oh, speaking of uh, spinoff news. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Brave and the Bold. Yeah, with Adam Firestorm and whoever else they want to bring. Canary One. Yeah. If you look at the... That's interesting. Cast for that. Especially, like, if, if that ends up, like, just being a giant spoiler for Arrow, you kind of got to be, like, you couldn't have held off on that yeah, a, little a little bit. bit. <laughs> yeah, that kind of bugged me. <laughs> Unless she's playing someone entirely new, which is possible, but... but odd. Odd, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool that they're, you know, giving Ray and Firestorm their own show. Yeah. I wonder if Felicity's going to go with them or not. Especially um, considering... They, they, uh, Stephen <laughs> Bell tweeted out that they just filmed the most emotional scene for the show yet, and uh, I feel like it might be her leaving. Well, that would, that would work yeah. at this point. It makes sense. I do. I I do like that all the women are like calling out Ollie as being a dick, right? You know, it was a, like first it was Felicity and Laura last week was like. I can't believe I ever loved you or something like that where yeah. you're kind of like Jesus Christ <laughs> that guy's getting hammered <laughs> yeah the only, the only woman that's like him now is a sister <laughs> uh, well so yeah good show good yeah. show um, it doesn't come back until the 18th yeah same with the Flash same with the Flash yeah it's on the 17th yeah so that sucks did, did I don't know if we talked about the Grod teasers the Grod is coming teasers it's pretty sweet. I don't think I've seen those. But I, I, last thing I saw about Grodd was at the end of the last episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh God, no. Grodd, is, I think I, he was in the sewers or something. Yeah, he's like, oh, God. He's like, no, Grodd. <laughs> and you see a fucking ape walk down the sewer. Like, it's not even like they're hiding him. It was like yeah. in full light. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, you're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. And apparently it's like, it's a Grodd Zoom team up. Yeah. And, oh, you're, and you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, you need to be watching The Flash. I think you would really enjoy it. When season one goes on Netflix, I want you to watch it. Okay. It's super enjoyable. He wants attention. Uh, <laughs> Still <to> we all. <laughs> Hello, you fluffy little cheese puff. You look like a giant Cheeto. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, I guess that's it. Yeah, gonna call it. Quits yeah, for today. Call it, call it a night. We got the season premiere of. Well, the mid-season. Mid-season premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to watch. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, I watched all three episodes pretty much in a row. Oh, uh, yeah, day. you got caught up. Yeah, good stuff. It is good stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I still see people bitching about it. Like, uh, people were commenting on uh, the superhero hype message boards. Those guys are idiots. I'm sorry. I don't I don't pay attention to such things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're like... Well, they're, like, they're talking about the Agent Carter finale, and they're like, this show's so much better than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I haven't watched since mid-season or season one, but it's so much better than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, well <laughs> get caught up, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was cool when, like, the thing opened up, and I was like, oh, crystals? <laughs> <laughs> There's a mist! Yes! <laughs> they're doing this. <laughs> Clark Gregg's making you mad? Yes. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah it was, it was kind of funny. I, I, uh, I think I mentioned it before. 
Chance finally got caught up on The Walking Dead only to leave when The Walking Dead came back and now he's behind again. <laughs> so I had an opportunity to talk about the show with someone yeah. and now he, I can't talk about the show. When is he coming back? Should be next yeah. week. Yeah. Next week? Okay. Yeah, he said we're going to smoke one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Chief, Chief, Chief Keith. Well, he's probably been like a month since. A month? Yeah, like, he's probably like itching. He's like... <laughs> What is it on Archer? The uh, 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 what? Is it, the ants are all over me, or something? Okay. <laughs> when Woodrow's uh, uh, detoxing. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the ant, ant jokes on there. <laughs> this, this is why we get ants. <laughs> this is how you get ants. <laughs> I saw a post from a, a, a friend where she she's yelled out loud at work this is why we have ants <laughs> and nobody laughed and she knew i'm the only one that watches archer in this office <laughs> <laughs> oh uh yeah i don't know how, know how how legit this is but uh like uh one of my friends in the bendis board posted about like uh like threatening but it, supposedly they think uh, the supposedly the thread says that uh dylan o'brien has been cast as uh the new spider-man but this, yeah i I've been hearing that too. It's, then, it hasn't been official. But. And then the same person who posted this supposedly about the Sony Marvel deal a few days before it went down. So yeah. mm. we'll, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I looked up a photo of he. I guess he's on that show, Team Wolf. Uh, yeah, he looks like a good. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, see him. That kid looks like Peter Parker. He does look like Peter Parker. I guess. I mean, I don't you don't want to stick him in the toilet and give him a swirly, but maybe it's just a bad picture. Of him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the one I saw, the one I saw was about a picture. <laughs> My immediate reaction is, eh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, the other picture. Can I see the picture you're looking at? <laughs> well, I just saw these three. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks like Spider-Man. Yeah. I, yeah, look at that. I can't believe he's... How old is he? I, I really he's wish... He's one He's... Oh, wow. Yeah, I really wish they would, like, actually go younger. Like, yeah. like at least cast younger or something. Because yeah. it's like, he's 23. He's going to look like he's out of college in a couple years. He's not going to work as a high schooler. Uh, you would think they would just go with well, somebody who's at least 18. Andrew Garfield was 30. Yeah, but still. It's just a part of it's just like... <laughs> it's easy. Black No Crack cast Dong Lover as uh, Miles Morales. <laughs> you know, I... I have to admit, I'm glad it seems like they're going with Peter. I want Marvel to do Peter. Get Peter right. Set up Miles and then as shoot a legacy. Him. Yeah, set up Miles as a legacy. And shoot Peter, and we can all move on to Miles. We can move on to Donald Glover. If that was the case, they should have just had Andrew Garfield in Civil War kill Andrew Garfield, and then yeah. do Miles. You know be really great? Uh, like, uh, they add a new supporting character... Uh, uh, for like for, for for Miles and they do cast Donald, Donald Glover as uh, Miles and uh, they have play a supporting character and his best friend as Danny Pudi. <laughs> well, you see, did you see Glover's comments on it? What uh, he's like, well, Miles is a, like fourteen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like I'm thirty four. <laughs> I can't play this guy. I thought it was pretty funny. It would be cool if they brought Glover on to play like. Maybe he's a little young for your, like a dad or something, but I don't know. It would be cool to bring Glover on in some capacity. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah. Yeah, you could do Robbie. Which uh, the you know the, I can't remember the actor's name, but the rock guy who played Robbie in the Randy films. You know what he? You know what uh, one of his big roles was? Perd Happily. 
No, I, I, <laughs> I wish. Was, I was, was that him? No, no uh, I was just joking. <laughs> he was uh, he was Radio Rahim and uh, do the right thing. You know, the guy who gets uh, murdered. You know, choked, killed by the police with a chokehold, and then it sets off the destruction of Sal's pizzeria eventually. <laughs> Okay, that's yeah, he was right there, right here. He sent the whole movie with a boombox uh, blasting Public Enemy. He's like, oh my god, it's Robbie! Ah! <laughs> I knew it! You got me again! Ah! Uh, <laughs> Gene Parmesan? You know, it's kind of funny, like, thinking about the movies. Like, Focus <laughs> came out, and I was, like, vaguely interested in seeing it, but now that it's actually here, I don't really care. Oh, yeah. And, like, Chappie is coming out soon. I want to see Chappie. I vaguely care about that one, too, where it's kind of like, eh. <laughs> I like how the director was like, yeah, I fucked up with Elysium. <laughs> yeah, I like that, too. I liked Elysium. I thought yeah. it was entertaining. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't I, think it was entertaining. I, I thought it missed something, but I liked it. I'm excited that he's doing Alien. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. It like, didn't come out of nowhere. Well, like, well, like he did the. Uh, I remember like hearing about him putting out like concept art that he had done just yeah. on the side, mm-hmm. and I was that was the last I heard about it. And then all of a sudden, everybody's talking like it's official that he's doing it. I'm like, oh, I somehow official, official. Yeah, somehow I missed that. Okay, well, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Before that, I was just like, and Sigourney Reaver's on board. Yeah, it'll take place between Aliens and Alien Three. Well, I don't even think they're like. No, they, he said it, the other two will still be in. Okay, yeah, I thought he was just basically. That's what he had to clarify. <laughs> he had to clarify that the other ones still work, okay. especially Resurrection, because it was set in the far future and she's okay. cloned and shit. So. Okay. But yeah, he's giving Ripley a true ending. Okay. So that's good. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Oh, I'll go see him direct an alien movie. We're all excited about Prometheus, too. Oh, no! Yeah. Well, I, I was excited for Prometheus to actually have Xenos in it. <laughs> at the end. At the very end of the damn thing. I, I still like Prometheus. <laughs> it, it's entertaining. I'll watch it. Mm. <laughs> a lot of people have issues with that movie that I don't quite understand. But yeah, then like after those, I feel like the next movie I'm legitimately excited to see is The Avengers. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you won't be excited by the time it comes out. I don't think so because I I, I I really I don't know when they're probably going to announce this, but I really hope they do an all day marathon. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So Avengers through Asia Ultron. Yeah. That'd be sweet. It would be, I wonder if they would have Guardians of the Galaxy in it. Why not? Just well, yeah. do all Phase 2. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't mind like watching it, but it, it's clearly the one that doesn't fit, fit if you're focusing as a storyline, even though I guess it does feature Infinity Gems. Gems yeah. But who knows if they actually... Appear. Well, I mean, the, the staff probably does, the Scepter, because yeah. of the whole Quicksilver Scarlet Witch thing. Yeah. Well, anyway, okay, yeah, let's let's, let's wrap this up and hit the button. Cereal? <laughs> Aren't you always super bitching the cereal? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a drug dealer. It's a drug farmer. <laughs> God damn it, Archer! Ah, dukes. Ever sucking your taint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray. Yeah. Oh, 
snacks. We just gonna do our trip. Son of a shit snacking whore. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke about the uh, uh, the, the the bag of dicks. <laughs> and Pam's like, hand them over. <laughs> She gets addicted to cocaine in season five. Nice. And she loses a bunch of weight, and mm. it's entertaining as hell. <laughs> there was no shortage of dead bodies around ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> Hey listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song, Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M-I-K-U-S, and you know the rest. Alright, peace out everyone. Keep listening.